Preface of The Log Cabin Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sherry Gardner. The Log Cabin Lady, an anonymous autobiography. Preface The story of the Log Cabin Lady is one of the annals of America. It is a moving record of the conquest of self-consciousness and fear through mastery of manners and customs. It has been written by one who has not sacrificed the strength and honesty of her pioneer girlhood, but who added to these qualities that graciousness and charm which have given her distinction on two continents. I have been asked to tell how the story of the log cabin lady came to be written. At a luncheon given at the Colony Club in 1920, I was invited to talk about Madame Curie. There were at that table a group of important women. When I had finished the story of the great scientist, whose service to humanity was halted by lack of laboratory equipment and of the very radium which she had herself discovered, one guest asked, Why do you spend your life with a woman's magazine when you could do big work like serving Madame Curie? I believe, I replied, that a woman's magazine is one of the biggest services that can be rendered in this country. My challenge was met with scorn by one of the women upon whose education and accomplishments a fortune had been spent. It is stupid, she said, to print articles about bringing up children and furnishing houses, setting tables and feeding families, or whether it is good form for the host to suggest another service at the dinner-table. There are twenty million homes in America, I answered. Only eight percent of these have servants in them. In the other ninety-two percent, the women do their own housework, bring up their own children, and take an active part in the life and growth of America. They are the people who help make this country the great nation that it is. After luncheon, one of the guests, a woman of great social prominence, distinguished both in her own country and abroad, asked me to drive downtown with her. When we entered her car, she said, with much feeling, You must go on with the thing you are doing. Believing she referred to the Curie campaign, I replied that I had committed myself to the work and could not abandon it. I was not referring to the Curie campaign, she replied, but to the delineator. You are right. It is of vital importance to serve the great masses of people. I know. It will probably surprise you to learn that when I was fourteen years old, I had never seen a table napkin. My family were pioneers in the Northwest and were struggling for mere existence. There was no time for the niceties of life. And yet, people like my family and myself are worth serving and saving. I have known what it means to lie awake all night, suffering with shame because of some stupid social blunder which had made me appear ridiculous before my husband's family or his friends. This was a most amazing statement from a woman known socially on two continents and famed for her savoir-faire. There were tears in her eyes when she made her confession. She was stirred by a very real and deep emotion. It had been years, she said, 
since the old recollections had come back to her. But she had been moved by my plea for service to home women and to the great mass of ordinary American people. She told me that while living abroad she had often met American girls, intelligent women, well-bred, the finest stuff in the world, who suffered under a disadvantage because they lacked a little training in the social amenities. It has been a satisfaction and a compensation to me, she added, to be able sometimes to serve these fellow countrywomen of mine. And right there was born the idea which culminated in the writing of this little book. I suggested that a million women could be helped by the publishing of her own story. The thought was abhorrent to her. Her experience was something she had never voiced in words. It would be too intimate a discussion of herself and her family. She was sure her relatives would bitterly oppose such a confession. It took nearly a year to persuade this remarkable woman to put down on paper, from her recollections and from her old letters home, this simple story of a fine American life. She consented finally to write fragments of her life anonymously. We were pledged not to reveal her identity. A few changes in geography and time were made in her manuscript, but otherwise the story is true to life, laden with adventure, spirit, and the American philosophy. She has refused to accept any remuneration for the magazine publication or for royalties on the book rights. The money accruing from her labor is being set aside in the Central Union Trust Company of New York City as a trust fund to be used in some charitable work. She has given her book to the public solely because she believes that it contains a helpful message for other women. It is the gracious gift of a woman who has a deep and passionate love for her country and a tender responsiveness to the needs of her own sex. Marie M. Maloney, September 1, 1922 End of Preface Recording by Sherry Gardner